Listen in Fridays to the new feature Times Like This on Aro City Radio in partnership with Luxembourg Times. A little later than normal, but Dowie's there. Good morning, Dowie. How are you? Hello, Sam. Uh, right, so we'll start today, actually, uh, surprisingly COVID-free times like these. Uh, we uh, don't want to talk about COVID this week. <laughs> Fair enough. Although the first story that we want to talk about is, is slightly related and uh, um, in the financial sec- uh, sector of that. Uh, many companies had to get loans and uh, there were loan deferrals. Uh, this is a new story where uh, a lot of companies have asked for a payment holiday, um, but the vast majority are now repaying these. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Yeah, that was a really good story that Sousa did. Um, as you may remember, banks uh, stuck their heads together uh, sort of in May last year when a lot of companies thought they were going to go bankrupt and uh, decided that they had a sort of agreed on common standards for uh, for giving out these uh, payment holidays and at the peak of it uh, 18,000 people had asked for a loan deferral uh, for a total of 3.7 billion euros and uh, Suzad decided to ask the banks around what the figures are now and it's 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 good news because uh, there's now only 1,500 clients left for a total of 443 million euros of loans that uh, are not being being uh, repaid at the moment. So That's amazing so, that so many of them are sort of back on track then. It is sort of an indication that uh, maybe things weren't quite as bad as people had thought in the beginning. Uh, of course, there are exceptions. It's, it's extremely difficult for restaurants and for the whole hospitality sector still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a good sign. In fact, another interesting statistic is this last year there were 5% fewer bankruptcies than in 2019. So uh, I find that hard to believe. That's amazing. Well, I don't know whether it's the government, the, the ample government support that maybe uh, has kept some companies afloat that sure. would otherwise have gone down. I will also say the the statistics on on, on on loan deferrals. We're talking here about the companies that could already get a credit from the bank in the first place. There may have been other sure. companies that were. If, if you get a bank loan, your your business must already be in, in pretty good shape. Uh, and uh, I'm sure there's also other companies that couldn't get a bank loan. And that uh, and that did get in trouble. So, uh, but I think I think it was an interesting statistics, and uh, it shows that uh, the Luxembourg economy, in particularly in particular, is holding up reasonably well uh, compared to other European countries. Uh, a story from last week that we didn't get time to discuss was how the European Parliament uh, aims to tackle uh, tax havens and it wants to name and shame them. Yes, that's, that was that came in after right after uh, I'd left studio last week. It's really interesting because the European Parliament has nothing to say about what European countries are, are tax havens or not. So they can say all they want that they want to name and shame them. And I mean, they can do if they want. They can, I'm sure, uh, adopt a resolution that says uh, the following countries are tax havens. But the real official European list is with the European Commission and has to be voted on uh, through unanimity. Uh, so there, there's never going to be a single country on it because uh, sure. that country in question, uh, if all the countries say, well, you're going to be a tax haven, that, that country will undoubtedly vote against. So uh, <laughs> so what, what is, the, is this posturing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, it is. Uh, I mean, they, they make a good point, and there were there were several interesting aspects around it because uh, it's true that the Commission they have this list of countries that they say uh, are involved in aggressive tax planning. It's Holland, uh, Ireland, uh, Luxembourg, Malta, and Cyprus, uh, and they all single them out. They don't say the tax havens, but they do in, they do aggressive tax planning. And, and what the European Parliament said, you need to say openly say that what you actually mean is that they are tax havens. Uh, just you know, uh, uh, call a spade a spade. Um, with, with to what end? Sorry. To what end? Like, well, 
uh, to put more pressure on these countries to uh, to because the other story is of course that uh, the uh, the European Court of Auditors came out with a report that said that even though countries have now promised that they will work more closely together, even though, even though that's the fact, still 190 billion euros gets lost each year in tax revenue that would have been that should have been called by tax authorities if they if they worked uh, together uh, more, more closely and uh, if they shared more information and if they monitor, monitored the money flows uh, better so there's still huge gaps in uh, in in tax leakage uh, I mean think of it 190 billion euros mm-hmm. that is uh, a lot of money, uh, <laughs> whatever is. way you look at it. Uh, <laughs> is that the the story that you've got, which is about uh, how the EU want to close the major gaps that, that's that right, exist yeah. between... So that, that's companies that are you know operating in one country, but perhaps don't have here or in Exactly, Dublin, or. and they transfer profits to one country, maybe don't tell the other country about it, um, or uh, or set up uh, complex, uh, interesting tax structures that, the, that it then takes the tax authorities years to figure out what exactly is happening. And so against that background, you can see why the European Parliament uh, wants to do something about it. Interestingly enough, two MEPs, Tilly Metz from the Greens and Mark Angel from the uh, Social Democrats, uh, two Luxembourgish MEPs, voted in favour of this, mm-hmm. and which could theoretically mean that they want Luxembourg to be named and shamed as a tax haven, uh, even though they're in the ruling coalition. So you've seen, you sometimes see that, that the MEPs uh, in Brussels, they take a bit of a... More liberal stance than uh, than uh, than they would here in the, in the country, but it was certainly an interesting debate. Uh, but so the decision itself by the MEPs, uh, I, I, as you say, I think is largely posturing. So that's a, a search for more transparency on a European level. Locally, yep. though, uh, court rules lawmakers get to see secret RTL uh, contracts. Yes, What's you remember that uh, RTL uh, RTL. So RTL is a private company, as you know. It's owned by Germany's Bertelsmann now. It's also the only television broadcaster that does shows in Luxembourgish, mm-hmm. uh, for which uh, fact the government is paying it 10 million euros a year, which is fair enough because mm-hmm. uh, it's a service that they provide to the government. And if they didn't, there was no Luxembourgish television. Uh, of course, there is 100,000, which is a radio station in Luxembourgish, but there's no television station. Uh, in August 2019, RTL said we're going to cut half of our staff in our corporate headquarters here in Luxembourg. There was even some talk that they would move their headquarters to Cologne, I think, or to Germany. And um, some of the members of parliament said, well, hang on, you know, we're paying you 10 million euros. We want, we'd like to see what you do with that money. And we'd, we'd like to think that some of those people should be employed in Luxembourg because you're sure. a Luxembourg television station. And the government said, no, 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 our contract with RTL is secret. <laughs> Which is, uh, um, yeah. it's, not, it's not the only time we've seen that in Luxembourg. And so now it's, what is it, one and a half year later, it's gone through the courts, um, the Pirate Party uh, filed a claim, they wanted to see the document, and now finally a, uh, a, a judge has said, yes, uh, uh, your, your parliament, you're running the country, you can see anything you want, and certainly this. Uh, you want to, to to hold the government to uh, to to account, and that's your and that's your job, and that's why you should get to see the uh, the CD document. Of course, the whole matter is now almost two years old, so I don't know what they will find, but it will certainly it was an important step uh, towards more uh, uh, transparency. And as you've seen a couple of those cases in in Luxembourg, and uh, this was certainly uh, an interesting one. 
Um, Luxembourg funds industry not as clean as you'd like to think is what you sent me in the mail. And uh, well, I don't know how clean I thought they were. But, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe the story doesn't apply to but, you. But, but I haven't said that. I, I do remember that there was a, that there were there was a big conference here about a year ago, maybe eighteen months ago. Uh, actually, yeah, it was pre-COVID, so it was about about eighteen months ago. Talking about uh, cleaning up the funds and and the the, yeah. the projects in which they invest. Well, this wasn't uh, so. Luxembourg is trying really, really hard to be the global best best in class center for sustainable investing. Mm-hmm. They want you know they want you to think that if you have a sustainable investment, you need to be in Luxembourg, and that's fine. That's that's good. Uh, reputation management for the country and uh, and they're setting up a whole infrastructure you've got the green green exchange here at the stock exchange and and that's fine and then greenpeace of course this is a report from greenpeace that said well if you actually look at what all the funds that you have in luxembourg luxembourg is the world's second biggest fund management center right so almost every country in the world has something listed here um if you look at all those companies and you look at what they invest in they're actually pretty pretty dirty they're pretty polluting which is no surprise because it's the whole economy the whole world economy and uh, and they could prove in their numbers um, that uh, the carbon emissions from all those companies were higher than in other countries mm-hmm. it's that's a very greenpeace way of looking at things because they're very good in drawing attention to that case and it's a fair point but uh, um, it goes to the point of, like how how helpful can, can green invest investing be if you're a car producer you know can you be a green car producer or is that really just greenwashing i think that's the point that greenpeace wanted to raise that doesn't mean at the same time that luxembourg's efforts to build it build a reputation as a green investment center can also they, they can also be legitimate one doesn't preclude the other but uh, uh, it was a fair point that, uh, that greenpeace was raising you know mm-hmm. how much of this is is greenwashing and what does green investment how does it actually help the the environment or not or not it's a very thorny and complex issue that the commission is also working on and uh, uh, and they and they and they do attention to that uh, we, uh, we got uh, uh, yeah we got some reactions from inside luxembourg that uh, were not very happy with oh the yeah story. well uh, yeah of course uh, the uh, uh, it's just not. Uh, it's not the. It's the, they want to have a reputation as being uh, the world's leading center for sustainable investing. So a headline like this is not good for them. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's. Uh, well, earlier on in the week we had um, Holocaust Memorial Day, and we we played out uh, an interview that we had done oh, with yes. Holocaust survivor Stephen Frank. Which, uh, if you haven't heard it, I recommend you go. Well, there's two actually. There's one that I did and one that Lisa did. They're both All right. uh, really, really very good and well I'll worth make sure listening, I listening to. to that, yeah. Now they're re- like. Very affecting. Did you talk about say. this whole? Uh, uh no, we didn't actually, because it was an interview that we did. obviously. Well, he lives in the UK and obviously couldn't be here this no. year. He comes every year to give talks, uh, so we didn't get uh, to chat about this. So Luxembourg to pay one million to Holocaust survivors. What's this about? Yeah, I, I had forgotten about that, but uh, Luxembourg uh, in 2015 apologized for its role in the Holocaust because. Uh, um, I think there were still some outstanding issues with uh, dormant bank accounts, dormant insurance policies, assets that had been uh, seized. Um, I think Luxembourg, after the war, compensated uh, Jews that had Luxembourgish nationality, but there were also a lot of um, Jewish immigrants into the country, refugees basically from Germany who'd come to Luxembourg 
and those people did not got, get compensation. Mm -hmm. um, there were 4,500 Jews living in Luxembourg at the time of uh, at the start of the war, and half of those were uh, were not Luxembourgish. So a lot of uh, a lot of the people who were affected here in the country were not were not compensated. That's now going to happen. Uh, they're going to pay one million in uh, restitutions, but there's more money. They're also giving uh, out money for research, and they're building a, a memorial in the north, in this uh, monastery in the north of the country. And so it's, uh, I, I didn't know this, but this was, uh, this seems like this issue has now also been uh, settled. Uh, it was, uh, this was the thing that Mike Pompeo uh, was supposed to have been uh, coming down for uh, mm -hmm. originally uh, to announce this. Uh, remember that he he then uh, okay, he stayed home after uh, Asselborn said that uh, said some nasty things about his boss Donald Trump. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can't remember, but it was nasty. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of what, what the word was. I think he said it was a pyromaniac. Pyro a political, political pyromaniac. That was, was the phrase. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, didn't want to come anymore. <laughs> Uh, right, so you'll find all of those stories and more at luxtimes.lu. What are you working on uh, for the rest, for this weekend and ne into next week? Uh, this is always a very tough question because I, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a story certainly out on, uh, on Monday uh, from SES. SES is a satellite company and they have some special project going of uh, special satellites that bring television into extremely remote areas. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I want to read about that. I haven't read the story yet. All right, nice one. Uh, you'll read it at luxtimes.lu along with all their other stories. Darry, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sam. See you next time. Bye.